An incident in Nashville that shocked the Latino community. A computer designed to control the entire Chilean economy. A Martian invasion in Ecuador. Radio Ambulante is back with a brand new season. NPR's Spanish language podcast will take you around Latin America to show you the fascinating, strange, and compelling stories of the region. Subscribe and listen every Tuesday. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Felix Contreras. Saxophonist Jane Burnett holds a very special place in the history of jazz. For over 40 years, she has been traveling back and forth between her home in Toronto, Canada, and Cuba, recording music that has pushed Cuban jazz forward in ways that, to me, often resemble the music's beginnings in the late 1940s here in the U.S. and in Cuba. And along the way, she has become a very important part of the history of Latin jazz. And we are honored to have her join us here on Alt Latino. Jane Burnett, welcome to Alt Latino. Thank you, and I'm honored to be part of this program today. And normally, at this point, I would thank you for joining me in Alt Latino World Headquarters in Washington, D.C., but instead, I'm joining you. Okay, where are we? We got it better. We are on, uh, we're in Ocean City on one of the Delaware beaches. You guys are on tour, you're taking a few days off, and, yeah. and you and I are sitting on the beach. Yeah, we are on the beach, and it's just beautiful. And we're on the beach listening to music from the new album on firm ground, Tierra Firma. And the, we're listening to a song called La Linea, The Lineup. This is Jane Bonnet and Maqueque, and we're going to talk more about the music and the album and Maqueque right after we hear the rest of this song.
That was La Linea from the new album by Jane Burnett and Makeke. Before we get into the band and all that, uh, let's talk a little bit about your history. Specifically, how did you get interested and get connected to uh, making music in Cuba? Well, it was a bit of an accident, I guess, that um, we discovered that there was so much music in Cuba. I had um, been playing a little bit in a salsa band, so I had a, a little bit of a taste for the music, but I am a jazz musician, and most of my um, performances and, and um, interests lay in, you know, modern jazz, Coltrane and Ornette Coleman and, and you know, all, all the great Charlie Parker. Um, I was playing standards and going out to, you know, playing in little you know, formats and cafes and bistros. I was just trying to establish myself. And then uh, I started my own group with my husband, Larry Kramer, who's trumpet player, producer. You know, I, I had been in my late, late teens um, training for classical piano, and I always gravitated towards the um, Latin American composers like Villa Lobos and Hina Stira. That's the music I always loved to play. So I had a, you know, I had that feeling for that Spanish tinge, you know, very, very early on. What happened was, um, in 1982, I had gone three times to Mexico and got, got deathly ill. And I saw an ad in the newspaper uh, for a trip to Cuba, which was like $349. It was for one week, hotel, airfare, and three meals a day was in Santiago de Cuba. Havana was not a place where people went to, um, you know, resort. That's a business center. So so the moment we got there, there was pretty much music. Like, within five hours, I had f heard four different styles of music. I arrived in the airport, and there was a um, trio playing as you were waiting to pick up your bags. Outside, the when you got on the bus to take you to your uh, resort, there was a, a quartet playing which was wonderful. We had an hour and a half uh, bus trip to the resort. When I got off the bus, there was a small comparsa group with drummers and singers and a cornetta china. And I stepped off the bus and I was like, what the hell is this? Now I'm, not, now I'm in Africa or something. Like It was like so African. And then later on packing that night, my bags, I heard this like song Montuno, just like rocking mambo coming from the sound system you know like up by the outdoor bar so I went up there I gotta check out the see what you know what, what's happening up at the bar and I get up there and there's like a band of like 18 guys lined up on this outdoor stage rocking this intense music with the cowbell you know and the timbales you know three trumpets and two saxophones and two trombones and it was like Oh my God, it was unbelievable. I ran back to get Larry. I said, that's not, that's not recorded music. That is a band. <laughs> so we went running back with our horns. And of course they saw us with our two horn cases. And they were like, you know, eyeballing the horn case and looking at us and looking at each other. And finally, trumpet player sort of gave his finger and said, come on up here, let's see, you know, what you can do. So we didn't hesitate, of course. We just jumped in. And uh, we started playing, and, and that trumpet player became a really, really dear friend of ours named Paisan Malet from, um, from Santiago de Cuba. It was quite a scene. 
and you know it just left such a strong impression and um, three weeks later when we got back to Toronto I had a handful of names of people that I should meet in Havana so then we jumped on a plane and went to Havana which is where I met Mercedes Valdez and Guillermo Barreto who became pivotal for for Larry and I they became great friends for listeners that don't know, um, Guillermo Barreto was one of the, the finest um, jazz drummers in the style of Joe Jones. And um, he, was, um, he, was, he was one of the drummers that Nat King Cole and Sarah Vaughan demanded that, that he be the, the drummer um, in their shows if it was at the you know, Tropicana or the Riviera, wherever they would, would perform at that time, National Hotel. Guillermo never slept. He was just the the key guy that was playing, and he loved Dizzy Gillespie, and he loved Charlie Parker. Now, his wife was one of the, the great um, interpreters of the Afro-Cuban folkloric music, Mercedes Valdez, um, but she also did popular music, too. So she, I think she made a couple of trips to the Apollo Theater, and she was, you know, one of the most foremost interpreters. Um, they say that she was born, you know, with, with the Orisha of Oshun, and uh, even bef- before she was born in her mother's belly. Both Larry and I were just so fortunate to have those people as our pivotal guides in the music. Guillermo uh, took both Larry and I under his wing, and, and the same with Mercedes, to really educate us and show us the real Cuban music. Both Larry and I were so fortunate because we really got off on a on the on a great foot. We could have gone off on a detour with you know some louser type person, <laughs> but anyway, it was the finest of the finest. And as we continued to make our our trips, and you know they came to Toronto to, to um, be with us sometimes. Then we started to talk about maybe we should try and make a record. So that took time to do that. That took time for us as foreigners to go into the studio. And we made our first record in 1990, and that was with Mercedes Valdez, Guillermo Barreto, Yoruba and Dabo, Frank Emilio, um, Gonzalo Robocabo was on uh, Three Cuts, Hilario Duran. That was a huge step for us, and that, that set the way. Spirits of Havana, 1990. That was, you were so fortunate to have landed, because these, for listeners who don't know, these are all pivotal musicians and famous musicians but pivotal to the development and the advancement of the music what what an amazing amazing circumstance yo sempre odara that was written by guillermo for me as a gift it was a birthday present
That was the track from the album Spirits of Havana. I think you just had your 25th anniversary on that album, correct? That CD was reissued as a double CD with um, four outtakes that uh, were never used on the original, the original um, one. Let's go back now before uh, your connection to Cuban music, because you were uh, playing a lot with like one of my favorite pianists, Don Pullen. So talk to me about your work with the more, I guess you could say the edgier side, the more avant-garde side of jazz. Yeah. You know, when I played with Don, that music just went to such a, a high level. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was so intense and it was so fiery. And um, just the, the, the force of how you felt when you played with him, it was so driving and he just, he was just like full steam. I, I, got, I had a similar feeling when I played with like 10 drummers, the same deal. So when he passed, I really, I really missed that, how that felt. And playing with the Cuban musicians, I kind of felt like I was able to sort of gather that kind of energy back up. wondering if you ever felt any kind of weirdness or the musicians being a little more protective like who is this woman from Canada coming in because you guys just you just like you came in and you played Cuban music it was a perfect combination of what you do with the Cuban music I think you know of course that might have happened um, and it will always happen right because there's always people out there that you know don't have your back but I think I was extremely, for many years, well protected by having Mercedes and, and Guillermo, you know. They were so respected and you didn't mess with them. And the fact that we had their stamp of approval opened up so many, many doors for us. And, and I think people, people saw the longevity and and um, our our dedication to the music. We weren't in there just trying to, you know. It wasn't like a one-off. And okay, we're on to the next thing. There was a incredible amount of commitment to the vision of what we wanted to do. And we knew it, it wasn't going to be any quick thing. That and but also too, there was like I say, it always comes down to this sense of adventure and curiosity. Because as you keep Wow, is it, you know, the Cuban music is so deep. It's like American jazz. There's like so many styles and we haven't gone away. Let's take a break for some for some music. Let's play another track from the album. I think it's called Re Encuentro, the, uh, the Reunion. Yes, this is a piece by Dana Olano, our pianist. Thank you. 
Hey, we're out at the beach. Oh, right, right by the blue carpet. At the same place we were yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we are going now there. Okay. Right now. All right. The band's on the way down to the beach. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Makeke. This is a group of all female musicians, all Cuban musicians. Um, tell us about how the band got started before they come out. Okay. <laughs> the band got started because. As all these musicians that I men mentioned that have come through Spirits of Havana, they've all been young guys. I've been the only woman. Uh, Mercedes was, before she passed away, was, I can't say she was in Spirits of Havana, but she was like, she was our very, very special guest and she was there in the inception of the group. And, uh, but since then, I've been the only woman in all that time. And um, Larry and I, for quite a few years, we haven't given it up, but we're just taking a little break right now. Um, have been taking instruments to the conservatories in Cuba, and we've taken technicians. We've done a program where we've gone for two weeks, and we've taken saxophone repairmen, piano technicians, to repair instruments there. And um, so I was meeting a lot of the young girls. There's 25 conservatories in Cuba and going all over you know, the different provinces doing this. And I would see the girls out at a jam session or out at a, you know, show where we're hearing somebody play. And someone would ask me to sit in and I'd sit in and play. And I'd see one of the girls, a violinist or, you know, flute player. I'd say, hey, why don't you come on up? She went, no, no, no. No, 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 I don't want to. And I was like, but yeah, but your boyfriend's up here playing. They said, no, 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 it's fine. Let him play. Yeah. So this happened, like, this kept happening year after year. And I just thought... Finally, and it was really Larry who pushed me to, to do this. He said, we got to do something. We just keep meeting, you know, like these girls. And like they're not out on the scene playing. So now in our fifth year, so five years ago, decided, I said, well, let's just try this. Let's try it. It was like a one-off project. Let's give it a go. See if, um, let's just see. So we went down. I formed the group with Daimi Arosena, went down and sort of picked out the people. I knew about Yissi, so she was like right from the get-go, let's let's see if we can get Yissi. Yissi Garcia, the drummer. Yeah, so let's see if we can get her, and we did. And, uh, and so then we started forming the group, and then we went pretty quickly into a studio and started like, you know, working on tunes and laying down tracks. And lo and behold, when that when we released that record, it ended up getting a Juno in Canada, which was just shocking to me. Which is which is the uh, Canadian equivalent to the Grammys. Yes, and that was in 2000 and I guess 15, 2015. And then we did a little bit of touring in Canada and then we petitioned to go into the U.S. So we did a few things in the U.S. And then we started to prepare for Odara. We did the next record and that record ended up getting a Grammy nomination last year. So that 2018, and we've been going strong and the group is like we're really hitting like I'm so happy with how the group is sounding right now because it is strong everybody's writing everyone's really developed into a very unique voice which which was something which was a little bit of is in its infant stage it's it's really we've really turned into a, a force I think
Jane Burnett, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, only day off on vacation on this tour. But thank you so much. It's really been an honor to have you here. It's been overdue and continued success for Makeke and for Jane Burnett and Larry Kramer. Thank you. And thanks for making the trip from Washington to the beach. You had to do it, eh? <laughs> Somebody had to do it. I had to take one for the team. Thanks a lot. Life's the beach. <laughs> <laughs> want to remind you that you can hear the music we play today on our website at npr.org slash altlatino. And don't forget to reach out to us on Facebook and Twitter. We are NPR's Alt Latino. Signing off from the Alt Latino Bureau on the beach in Ocean City, Maryland. <laughs> I'm Felix Contreras. As always, thank you for listening.